Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 98. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, editor of Marvel.com, and we are flying, not solo, duo, doing it <laughs> tag ourselves. Tag team champions of the world. Tag team, world tag team champions of the world. <laughs> uh, no interns, no assistants, just writing this down, you know, really taking it back to basics. Yeah. Getting down to our roots. As we approach... Podcast oh, 100. It's time to really look back on how we started all this, and I don't think when we started out, any, anyone who's helped us currently was not here because <laughs> everyone who's works with us yeah. now was not here because it was us and Harry. Oh, Harry, Harry go and whatever interns were here at the time. Yeah. So yes, we continue the countdown to. I keep saying we want to say issue number one. I know it's like we should call these. Issues. This is a service like yeah. achievement for <laughs> wow. for us. Busting out the mad knowledge. Yeah. But Dave Sim would be confused. Dave Sim would just be angry <laughs> from what I've seen. From what I've heard. Anyway, yeah. uh, so if you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we're going to get to all the new comics and collections out this week, print and digital. We're going to talk about movies, TV, video games. We're going to go through all the big news. And then we're going to dive into your questions and comments. Tons of them this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tweet your comments, questions, thoughts using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. I know some people actually send me stuff for the podcast, but don't tag it with the the actual yeah, seen more and more of that. hashtag. You guys got to remember because we're going through these, uh, whether it's us or someone helping us out, and we're specifically looking for those hashtag comments. We do a search, pull in those, boom, there we go. So especially now when we're doing the reading club every other week, yes. it's like if you send us something without a hashtag two weeks ago, there's no way we're going to remember by the time we get to the I podcast. Know. It's unfortunate, but we just have so much going on. Also, quick reminder, you guys, I'm going to be doing another Infinity podcast with Tom Brevoort probably the day after you hear this i'll be recording it and uh if you want to submit questions for that you can you can use the hashtag twim infinity so t-w-i-m infinity i will be tweeting about that throughout the week but if you're hearing it here for the first time go ahead and do that we would love to hear from you guys yeah all right let's dive right into things this week with uh new comics first up is astonishing x-men number 67 written by marjorie lou Art by Amilcar Pina, and man, we love this issue. Yeah. This is just, this, I don't know. It, there's, there's a lot of stuff. I wasn't expecting this story at all, and I think that's what's been great about Marjorie's run of the last couple months. It's sort of, you think it's going to zig, it zags, it gives you something totally different, it looks at a different, it, it looks at the mutant universe in a different way than uh, the other books, and it does a great job. This one follows uh, a high school student who she's uh, she's this mixed race kid in the middle of a, a town where pretty much everyone else is white except her mother, her sister, and her. Um, and she's she she loves superhumans, particularly mutants. She studies them. She's interested in them. She dreams about them. And then Wolverine and Gambit show up in her the diner where her sister works. And it's so cool because that's such a wish fulfillment thing that when yeah. if you're a kid or even now like reading comics, just like wanting. Always imagining yourself having these Avengers and these, you know, the characters literally show up in the diner and they're just chatting. Like, you know, we've we've encountered enough celebrities now to kind of get the sense of what that feels like, especially when you go to something like Comic-Con. But yeah. this is that times a million because it's superpowers <laughs> right. and superheroes. So yeah. it's very cool. And she, you know, she gets involved in the situation that they're working on. Uh, this ties into the last issue with that little baby alien and yeah. the, the alien's parents coming. And it, it all wraps up really well. It was really sweet, really cool. 
very touching story that is both out of this world and down to earth. Yeah, it's uh, Sunshine X-Men has been really, we say it every time, but it's one of those books that flies under the radar and is really good. We need books like that. We need books that aren't caught up in the midst of everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to completely go to contrast and tell you about <laughs> another great comic that's completely opposite. But it's important to have books like Astonishing X-Men, and uh, Marjorie's done a really great job on that. So, speaking of the complete 180, Avengers number 19, an Infinity tie-in written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Lionel Francis Yu, with um, colors by Sonny Go. <laughs> took me a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, another great chapter. It's a great story. I've, I've, I've been seeing a lot of love for Infinity all over the place, and I'm really glad because Jonathan Hickman is just... Everything he's touched turns to gold right now. There's not been a down chapter. It's not even been, you know, separated by these little white title pages. There's not been, like, a down sequence in not just Infinity, but New Avengers and Avengers. And this keeps the action going. Uh, we've said Avengers and New Avengers are as crucial to Infinity almost as the main series. You can follow the whole deal without following them, but, you know, this is a pretty important chapter. Uh, on the one hand, we see Captain Marvel and her team have been captured by the Builders, and she gets interrogated. We get a little of her perspective on how the war is going so far with some great art by Linnell Yu. And back on the base of where the Galactic Council has kind of assembled everything, the Avengers are now asserting themselves into the goings-on of the Galactic Council. This is something we've talked about in Infinity, how the Avengers are kind of a small part of everything that's going on. But here Captain America and Thor step up and say, all right, we have an idea. And I love that immediately uh, Star-Lord's dad just starts calling them like backwater apes. And it's like, you are not here to talk. Like, we'll send you into battle. And the freaking supreme intelligence just owns it and goes, oh, so talks about uh, the Spartax winning percentage <laughs> against the Kree versus humans winning percentage against the Kree and just goes, I think we should listen to what the captain has to say. <laughs> it's just like, you know, that's awesome. It's Jason of, of Spartax or Spartoy is a very important character in this book. Uh, we've called him the biggest jerk in the universe um, just from the pages of Guardians. But here it's like, you got guys like Annihilus and Super Scroll and Super Intelligence who are used to being like the douchiest alien villains who just like even they sound like hey Jason you're kind of being a jerk yeah. like lay off the Avengers step off son yeah like you haven't earned this like yeah. who have the Spartax <laughs> ever fought yeah. like what have they done other than been in Star Lord's books anyways uh, well Captain Marvel is being evaluated and while we learn a little bit more about the mythology of Abyss and the ex Nihilo and there's so much going on Captain Universe uh, Jason has a little gamble well Captain America has one plan that involves uh, ex Nihilo who has a great issue here because he's just been devastated I mean we've been used to this guy just being like all smiles and all like oh everything's great but now he's seen his creators the builders do something that horrified him so he's Shell shock. Captain America has a plan. Jason has his own plan. And oh man, what a heel. What a <laughs> what a what a jerk Jason is. Yeah. And he may have doomed everybody. And uh, it's just it's just another killer issue with great action, but just like the the intrigue, the drama, the you know, the back the backdoor dealings. I love it. I yeah. love what Jonathan Aikman's And I love the like the cool technology that they that you know, Jonathan slips in there, like the way they communicate and all yeah. the little things yeah, that yeah, show yeah. up. It's just, it's neat. It, yeah, it's because it's so far out there, but he grounds it yeah. in like a super super science. He's using good super science. 
All right, in Avengers Arena number 15, we are in the second part of boss level. Things are getting crazy. Bloodstone is now a giant monster. Everyone has to fight him. Uh, X-23, he turned himself into the giant monster to save everyone from X-23, who had gone, like, bloodlust crazy. Yeah, it was a pretty terrible plan. Yeah. It, everybody <laughs> it was a suffers for this. And there's, there's this terrifying er- scene where... X-23 is like, I don't know how to kill you. And then she gets stabbed by yeah. this giant monster. Ugh. Then the cavalry comes in. Big, big, big fights, fights. And then we get Except to see... Except the cavalry screws everything up. Oh, yeah. Reptile screws up oh, multiple yeah. times in this For issue. sure. Yeah. Uh, this is the origin issue for Nara, who's yeah. the Atlantean. Uh, how she plays into things. And you know what? It's, it's like... I hate to say it, but, but Dennis... Like said, oh, you know what? You're gonna find a little sympathy for her, and then I'm gonna punch you in the junk. Yep. Uh, and that's what happens. Great issue, intense, and of course, there's just this deep crap, yeah. sadness, bad stuff happening. He has he is perfected with especially with his new characters. Like it doesn't take him long to get you invested yeah. in them. Like I mean, she's been around for you know 14 issues now. Yeah. But we haven't really gotten much from her other than you know kind of bitchy dialogue. Yeah. When we really get into window and you're like, oh my god, I care about this character, and then. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, and it was a great issue. Oh, Kev- and wait, I I gotta say, okay. Kev Walker's art was oh, freaking yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, beautiful. It was stuff. so good. Just really gritty and nasty. Yeah. Okay, we've got uh, Captain America, number eleven, written by Rick Remender. Art by Carlos Pacheco, along with Klaus Janssen and Dean White, which I want to talk about in a sec, but I didn't even notice, uh, I didn't look at the cover long enough to notice, you see how like, this is a billboard I, yeah. for Captain America? I didn't notice all the other logos in the background, that's yep. so cool! Yeah, I loved that. That's such a cool cover. Yep. Um, this is the epilogue to Dimension Z, so Steve Rogers is back in the mainstream Marvel Universe, he's getting kind of a psych and health evaluation by Bruce Banner, Hank Pym, Maria Hill... Uh, he's flashing back to stuff involving his mom still, so that's going to be a continuing element of this book. And it's just sad. This is just sad. It's like, and I love the fact that they put into perspective, like, he is now, was in Dimension Z longer than he was in the present day. Like, that is now the most significant part of his life. I remember, kids, it's Marvel time. It's, it's Marvel comic time. book time. It's Marvel it's, time. You just, just, just accept roll it. with it. Just accept it. But anyways, yeah, it, it's just... It's crazy that now he comes back, and it's like, you know, these people who are his friends and his teammates are just like, oh, Steve was on an adventure for five minutes. And he's like, I haven't seen you in years. Like, <laughs> I am, he's so traumatized, and it's terrible, and the events of last issue have really taken their toll. Meanwhile, on the flip side, we've got Nick Fury Jr., I guess we just call him Nick Fury now, yeah. uh, evaluating Jet Black, and it is tremendous, <laughs> because it's like... Him being the baddest bad cop ever and just being like, I am so tough, I, you can't handle this. And her just being like, whatever. <laughs> and like totally unsettling him. But then him collecting himself and going back. Like it's two very strong personalities clashing. I want to see more of them in the future. Uh, we actually learned Jet Black's powers, which I dig. Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah, they're really cool. Uh, she has Tachyon Fu, which means she her bare skin can read the near future. Uh, a lot of other cool stuff. Um, and we get an interlude with Nuke, who we know is going to be the villain of this arc. Freaking Nuke, man. I love that I love that idea, though, that Reminder put out there, that he's going to places where America supposedly lost wars, and just coming in and saying, like, this war was not over, like, we're just on pause, and now I'm going to win this war, so America can be undefeated forever in every war. But what I really want to talk he's about... He's slightly here, imbalanced. Yeah, he's slightly imbalanced, taking his pills. 
Uh, but what I really want to talk about here is I love that the art, it's Carlos Pacheco on it. He's taken over for John Romita Jr. But the inks and the colors from Jansen and White create such a consistency to that first arc. Like, for a second, it, took, it I didn't fully identify Carlos Pacheco's art right away. I, like, I knew he was drawing the issue. I saw his name on the cover. But I was like, that looks so different. And it's really that it's not that Jansen and uh, White are trying to make him look like John Romita Jr., but they're saying, all right, we've established a feel on this book, and we're going to keep that feel consistent. So if you've been reading this, it's not jarring. Yeah. It is, and it's good that it looks a little different because now they're in the Marvel Universe. They're not in Dimension Z anymore. Um, so I just thought that was really cool, a little artistic thing. And this is really sad scene at the end. Yeah. To me, at least. I just, I want, I want Steve Rogers to be happy again. Right? Like, and just a know, little bit? I don't know if he ever can be. And that's what you get for being the star of a Rick Remender book. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, what's the fun in, in characters who are happy and have no conflict? Of course. Hmm. Moving right along to more sad stuff. Oh, man. Chapter two of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly uh, over in Deadpool number 16. Written by Jerry Duggan and Brian Hossein. Art by Declan Shelby. Colors by Jordi Belair. And we were talking about this. This issue is something <sighs> different. Yeah. Deadpool to this point, uh, this current volume of Deadpool, has been, you know, it's been a romp. It's been goofy, it's been gross, it's been, you know, dead presidents and crazy demons. Uh, this arc is about Deadpool being recaptured by the people who made him and him unraveling some secrets of his past. In this case, he's been captured by this gentleman, Butler, who is a sadistic jerk. He puts him in a tank like Wolverine's always in whenever he's in Weapon X flashbacks, and he escapes. Um, just the art on this, as I'm flipping through, I'm just amazed again. Yeah. Declan and Deck Jordy, is, oh, just oh. the two of them together, yeah, together. Are, are, are incredible. They're, they're growing by leaps and bounds. They're on their way to being one of the top heroes ever. All the blood and all the grossness. It's Deadpool is not really Deadpool in this issue. And this is where it's great to have Agent Preston as yeah. the second voice because she can talk and she can point out to us that Deadpool is not himself. She's such a great character too. Like exactly. she's so fully formed and yeah. you, she's so distinct and separate from him. But also even though she's a shield agent, this is not her world at yeah. all. This is like even when she was dealing with the demons or dealing with the president, it's like, okay, you're a shield agent. You deal with weird stuff all the time. This is so intensely personal to Deadpool that she's really on his turf and it's an interesting dynamic because he is so shell-shocked by everything he sees. Yeah. The big thing being that he finds out what the organs that were being stolen from him were used for, and it uh, is... This is the spread. This is the spread. About, Basically, you'd see him a bit on the cover, but they've created like this deformed, horrible version of the uh, giant-size X-Men X-Men using Deadpool's tissue, which you know gave them all the mutant powers and gave them healing factors but at the same time also made them hideously deformed yeah they, they take like bits from like you know dna from the original those x-men yeah. and deadpool and mash them together and yeah. just monstrosities and yeah so it's like you've got basically these like i don't even know if they have cancer or they're cancer survivors oh. like there's a whole other element here it's just terrifying um so it's really scary stuff this double page spread that's literally just Preston uh, screaming at dead. This actually like really unsettled me. Yeah. Where it's just a black page with just uh, text panels of Preston just flipping out because Deadpool won't wake up. 
after he's been injured. Um, and then Preston takes the driver's seat, which is great. Yeah. Uh, because now you've got Preston operating Deadpool and Deadpool being the voice in her head. And uh, he doesn't really have a name. I mean, like Deadpool Nightcrawler. <laughs> like deformed Nightcrawler. Deadcrawler. Deadcrawler. That's great. Comes and he's like, we need to get out of here. Whole situation feels desperate. Um, just kind of rambling on and on about this issue because it's so great. Oh, and also there's something being, I, mean, I forgot this completely. There's something being held over Deadpool yeah. that's from one of the previous issues yeah. that I never thought. It was like, this shows you the intelligence of Doug and Posehn. It was like a one off gag yeah. that has now been turned into serious stakes. Yeah, no, um, and that, that's been, it's great because the book has really done that. It's, it's like moved into this realm and you're like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is a great. You know, it's it's a very mature Deadpool book yeah. in, in a number of ways. It's great. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to the fun, funny Deadpool they sure. write. But I don't mind taking this detour because this is a really impressive yeah. book, and I don't think we really did it justice through our description because it's hard. The best stuff is always hardest to describe. Yeah, I think you guys uh, owe it to yourselves to pick it up. Yeah, we don't want to spoil everything. Yeah, but you know, start from the issue before. Uh, it was a nice jumping on because it was a start of. So start with. 15. I mean, honestly, start with number one. But if you want to check this arc out, start with 15 and go right into 16 because this is a really good arc of Deadpool. Yeah. On to Fantastic Four number 12 by Matt Fraction, Christopher Sabela, and Mark Bagley. You've got the FF, Stranded in Time. You've got those wacky uh, time traveler, you know, steampunky jerks, the thieves. Uh, they, they leave the FF in time. Everybody's powers are going out of whack. There's all these mysteries with the second Johnny Storm and what's going on. And then the the kids, the grandkids of the thieves return, apologize for their jerk grandparents. Which is, there's this great little scene near the that end. And then you get, oh, a big turning yeah. point for the thing, which is going to be rough. Fearless Defenders, number nine this week. Another issue I really loved because here's what you got. You've got... Now we've got an established Defenders lineup of Valkyrie with Annabelle Riggs, Misty Knight, Danny Moonstar, Hippolyta, Clea, and Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, so they're off. They spent half the issue fighting Teenage Enchantress, Ruby Tuesday, one of our favorites. Love Ruby Tuesday. The Headmen. But while they're doing this, all their love interests, boyfriends, ex-husbands, etc. have gathered in a bar where essentially Venom, who's Valkyrie's significant other, has organized some sort of intervention they all have different reasons for being there. Venom basically just doesn't want the Defenders to exist. I don't know if he really clarifies. I think he just, like, wants Valkyrie to spend more time with him, and he's just annoyed. But, like, you've got Iron Fist, Hercules, Nate Gray, Cannonball, Doctor Strange, and Werewolf by Night. And it is the most glorious collection of random guest stars ever. It's not random because it's the... <laughs> significant others of all this cast yeah. but when you put them in a room you look at them you're like why would these characters ever be in the same so place? many great interactions there's so, so many oh. great interactions i love that colin bunn picks up on kind of the matt fraction defenders version of doctor strange where he's just <laughs> this sleazy lothario cannonball and nate gray's whole function there is just they don't know what no one knows who's dating danny moonstar so like, yeah we just invited both of you hercules is magnificent. Hercules is like the one guy who is not like, oh, the Defenders is a bad idea. Because that was the thing. I was like reading this book and I was like, it's kind of jerky for all yeah, of them. Yeah, these guys are dicks. Yeah, I was like, it's kind of jerky for them all to think like the, the Fearless Defenders can't have a team. Yeah. Like, fine. So that's why I liked Hercules clearly doesn't care. Yeah. He's like, yeah, great. Let them have a team. It's fun. 
Jack Russell doesn't really say that. He really just wants Elsa Bloodstone to, like, return his calls, but he's not, like, you know, he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And then when they when they get together, he just launched, ugh. But, yeah, this is a book you need to read line for line because there's so many great lines. And while they're doing this, the Fearless Defenders have this awesome fight against the bad guys, which shows what a kick-ass team they are. Um, it was written by Colin Bunn. The art's by Will Sliney. This is kind of, I, I think this is a nice jumping on issue, actually, because yeah. it's fun, it's got action, it's not very continuity heavy, and you get to see the whole team working together. And now that kind of the lineup is fleshed out, I really, really like what's going on. I also love the Valkyrie Annabelle Riggs dynamic and what it does to Venom. Um, but you know what? The thing is, as much as these guys are jerks, the ones who are jerks are the ones who are supposed to be, because Venom is Flash Thompson. Of course he's going to be the one who's going to be like, the girls shouldn't have their own team. I'm Flash Thompson. Like, he's trying to be better, but he's still Flash Thompson. Yeah. So that made sense. Um, I love this. And I like in the end that the Fearless Defenders totally show them why they should have a team, and they're all morons. Um, Except for Hercules, who's just a moron because he's Hercules. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Over to Indestructible Hulk number 13 by Mark Wade with amazing art by Matteo Scalera and Kim Jacinto. Man, Kim Jacinto is like one of our new favorites. Totes. Also, Mukesh Singh on cover. Yeah. Holy crap. This thing is ridiculous. Did you see the one for next Oh, yeah. I I saw the hell out of that. Oh, my God. Mukesh Singh is a rising star in the... uh, in the world of cover, I want to see him do interiors. Yeah, we need we need some sequentials ASAP. Yeah, but uh, really great stuff inside. It's Hulk thrown into sixth century England to the uh, the age of Camelot and King Arthur and all them good guys. Uh, crazy stuff is going on because the Chronarchists are messing with time. They've gone back. They've ousted King Arthur and his uh, merry band of whatever you call it. And uh, Knights of the Rounds. Yeah, those guys. And the Hulk has <laughs> Hulk is the only one with the ability and the 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 tenacity to deal with this yeah. problem. He and Black Knight, who Black Knight I like is not, you know, he doesn't talk a lot, but his actions speak really loudly. Uh, really cool issue. Big fights. I like the the setting for this. And then we get to the last Chronarchist Ooh, in the, the final page, which is setting up a much bigger thing for Hulk himself. I like this arc because Mark Waits, the type of guy who you know just loves genre stuff. Oh, yeah. So him getting to write an Old West story and then him getting to write a Camelot story, it's just, it just makes sense. He's having fun, and it's, yep. it fits perfectly with everything he's doing. Into Infinity, The Hunt, number one, by Matt Kint, with art by our friend Stephen Sanders. Yes. Uh, Gorgeous-looking book establishes a new contest of champions, which, for those of you who do not know what that is, it was a weird thing in the 80s where yeah, we just, pitted all kinds of heroes against each other. It was the Grandmaster? One yeah. One of the others of the universe say, hey... I'm going to have a bunch of heroes get together and fight. And that was where he brought, much like here, that he brought heroes from every country. Yep. So that's where you got characters like Shamrock and Sabra and Arabia. Oh, Shamrock came out of that? Yep. I they love Shamrock. She out. showed up in Shamrock, Fearless Defenders. I forgot to mention. She She's awesome. Defenders. But yeah, that was where like every country got a superhero. Yeah. So if you ever see an international superhero who's not like Captain Britain or Alpha Flight, they probably debuted <laughs> in Contest of Champions. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this does much of that. It establishes... Um, new heroes, but using the school, something that we talked about in a couple episodes ago. Someone was asking, what are all the schools for superpowered uh, kids throughout the Marvel Universe? Here you get to see a bunch of them. We actually, uh, there was one or two in here that we didn't even know about previously. We can't talk about for just that layout of oh, Avengers yeah. Academy that Steven Sanders did. Yep. It's like an old school like Marvel handbook. This is what the whole base looks like. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, we get... Tons of new students, uh, new 
you know, characters, new power sets, new really cool stuff that's established in here. And then, boom, Thanos' people start to come down and yep. they're looking for the sun. And that's where it's all going to go wrong for everyone here. Horribly wrong. Marvel Universe Earth's Mightiest Heroes number 18 continues to adapt the Earth's Mightiest Heroes show. And this one is actually a special one because it's one of our favorite episodes. Michael Korvac, which had the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Adapted here by Josh Fine. Layouts and lettering by a friend of the show, Joe Cara Magna. Yes. All right. Big debut this week. Mighty Huge. Avengers number one, written by Al Ewing. Art by Greg Land. Uh, Al Ewing, man. He's you got guys, it. He's, he's the goods. The real deal. Real stuff. So the setup is the Avengers, boom, they're out in space. Uh, Earth needs some protecting. Things are going wrong. We set up with the Heroes for Hire, which is Luke Cage, Power Man, and White Tiger. You know, they are heroes for hire. Mm-hmm. And uh, Superior Spider-Man comes in, guilt trips them, yep. tells White Tiger, you're better than this, essentially, uh, because they have, you know, even though it's Doc Ock in, Sp- in Spidey's body, he has those memories. He knows White Tiger's abilities, her history, uh, guilts her into bouncing out of the heroes for hire. Some really great interactions between Power Man and Spidey. Yeah, just the dialogue. In Power Man and Luke Cage. A dialogue is so good. Um, then we get the return of Monica Rambeau and her new costume. New, well, it's not. It's a riff on it's an old ish. costume. Yeah, uh, but new name Spectrum. Yep. See how long that sticks. Whatever. She she's awesome. Co- yeah, she's an awesome character, but she gets a new code name every five minutes. I know. But you know what? I like this one. I want yeah. it to stick around. She's great. Uh, we get, you know, an interlude with her. Then, again, Thanos is people coming down to Earth to do bad stuff. I mean, they're just doing bad stuff. Oh, this. This whole scene where, all right, so Monica goes, there's a costume maker who's this great character, which I want to yeah. see more of, makes <laughs> yeah. the costumes for a bunch of heroes and stuff. And um, then... She's with someone else, a mysterious character who's in the shadows, who has to put on a costume to help out fighting the big threat that's hit Earth. And it's this knockoff Spider-Man costume called Spider-Hero, which is something you would totally see in like a Halloween pop-up store. Uh, It's really funny. The Splendiferous Spider-Hero, no hyphen, does whatever a mysterious stranger can, is the the introduction to that character. And it's great, because Spidey just flips out, like, really annoyed. Uh, But then you get the, you know, Luke Cage saying, you know what, the Avengers are off planet? No, 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 we're the Avengers, we're here. Because Luke Cage, he freaking led the Avengers for a long time. He makes something in the book, he's like, I led the Avengers, I'm not just some... He's a lifetime Avenger. He wants to say he's an Avenger, boom, done. There's a great text intro page. I love when when writers on a first issue will do this, just say like, hey, here's our written book, and it's from Al Ewing. I love that he legitimately, like, he always wanted to write a book with Monica Rambeau and Luke Cage... And who would have thought that occasion would ever arise? So, and, and he got offered it. Like the characters were already there when he yeah. got offered the book, which is just fantastic. Oh man, I I love this first issue. Great first issue. Yeah. First issues to not last issues, but final chapters of a major storyline. We've got Ultimate Comics Ultimates number thirty, written by Josh Fialkov, art by Carmine D. Gian Domenico. It's the conclusion to Disassembled. Crazy stuff happening. This is a really action-packed issue. Uh, Kang has been revealed as the grown-up Sue Storm of the Ultimate Universe. She is trying to gather the Infinity Gems. She's been using Reed Richards to do it. We see that she's been manipulating Reed Richards for quite some time. Uh, Everything with the Hulk, Quicksilver, and everyone, this has all been so she can get her hands on the Infinity Gems. She claims that she is trying to uh, prevent catastrophe. 
Reed Richards says he's also doing it his way. The Ultimates don't quite buy it, which makes sense because Reed Richards killed a lot of people. So it's all of Reed Richards' robots against the Ultimates, against the Howling Commandos, just a huge action issue setting up major, major stuff for the Ultimate Universe. Uh, I love what Fialkov has done on this book. I love how D'Angelo go compliments him because there's so much going on in every panel and this is an artist who can really handle it and where they leave off has me really excited for cataclysm which is going to be the next big ultimate comics event and i know that josh because i was talking to him about this loves writing ultimate hercules and he says there's much more ultimate hercules to come that's great the, do, do the ultimate books pause for cataclysm the ultimate books are taking a quick break for cataclysm uh it's going to kick off in Cataclysm Point One, which is going to be on sale October 23rd, and then the Ultimate books go into their own separate limited series, which is like Cataclysm Ultimates, mm. Cataclysm Ultimate Spider-Man, and then uh, we'll see what's left after that to pick up. Very cool. But they are going on pause for a little bit. Uncanny X-Force number 11, written by Sam Humphreys, great art by Ramon Perez. This is a Bishop Spotlight issue, which is nice because we haven't really gotten a lot of what Bishop's been up to since he's been back. Uh, we find out more of what happened to him in the future, which shaped him into this Revenant Hunter. Sam continues to lay down the mythology for the Revenants, and this new type of villain is created. We've also got these evil duplicates of Storm, Psylocke, and Puck, so they need to fight them, but Bishop really leads the charge. I talked about how... This Uncanny X-Force to me is a book that's very cutting edge and very, you know, Sam using his knowledge of today's storytelling, today's events and a lot of stuff, but it also has a really old school X-Men feel. Just yeah. a lot of the dialogue, the way the characters interact. I'm not going to lie, the idea of evil twins, because they used to fight evil twins every five minutes. All the time. Um, I love an evil twin. Yeah, so it's like, it has like an 80s X-Men feel, but with like a modern sensibility, and it's very cool. It like combines just great stuff old man Humphreys yeah old man Humphreys doing it right and of course Ramon Perez is always a treat yes very cool alright over to Wolverine number 9 the second part of Killable by Paul Cornell and Alan Davis and uh, I love this because it's Wolverine versus Batroc that's the big fight in this issue what more do you need seriously and I love because Batroc is so badass but Wolverine is a very smart fighter he's he has to be now he has to be now but there's a they make a really good point in this that Wolverine's been super lazy about being a smart fighter because he's, over the years, he's just been like, whatever, you can throw me into a nuclear, you know, reactor and I'll just walk out a little while later. Everything's going to be fine. You can't stop me. But here, he he is killable. He does not have his healing factor. He uh, needs to step his game up. Uh, So you got that going on. You see how Mystique is just so malevolent, so mean, so messed up. Sabretooth is... Pulling all his puppet strings, and everything is just coming to a head for Wolverine. All right, rounding out the week, we've got X-Men number five, written by Brian Wood, art by the always welcome David Lopez. This is chapter three of Battle of the Atom. Young, original X-Men, Scott Summers and Jean Grey, are on the run because they don't want to get sent back in time. So now the X-Men are in hot pursuit. We've got the future X-Men in effect. We get to know a little bit more about Xavier, a little bit more about Molly, a little bit more. There's three beasts. That's fun. Yeah. I like that Brian 
made sure his characters didn't get left off the side here. Jubilee's only in it a bit, but she gets some of the best I love lines. This, I love this whole, yeah. this panel right it's here. A great panel. Oh my god. I love the way David Lopez draws Wolverine in particular. He just has a handle on the mask that I really dig. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that David is drawing this issue yeah. uh, in this giant crossover because I think a lot more people will see oh, yeah. his work and realize, holy crap, this David Lopez really is a genuine, bona fide, yeah. amazing superstar. There's some really adorable stuff between Gene and Scott when they're on the run, where uh, it's just like teen love yeah. stuff. And, uh, and it's like, you know, a couple issues in all new X-Men, Gene Gray was like, I'm done with Scott Summers. I'm, yeah. I'm going to date the Beast. Um, and now she's like, oh my God, I still like Scott Summers. He's got abs. Yeah, he's basically that's what happens. Yeah. Um, but then my favorite part of the issue is Rachel Gray, who Brian Wood clearly loves, and Kitty Pride, yeah. who everyone loves, uh, decide, you know what, maybe what's going on here isn't right. Maybe someone needs to help these kids out, and they decide to take it upon themselves. And this is great, because Rachel and Kitty have always been like this. Going back to the classic X-Men days, you know, they would go against the rest of the team and do their own thing, and they're buddies, and they just everything. It's a great Rachel Gray issue. I like how Brian writes Rachel Gray, where she's just like, you know what, screw this. Like, I'm from the future. I've been back and forth in time a million times. I've been the Phoenix. Like, I know how to do stuff. And I like that she's not a pushover, and yeah. she's got some fire. Um, so that leads, and they're going by their guts, by yeah, their exactly. instincts, and like sometimes you gotta trust that stuff. Also, this part where Jubilee hands Baby Shogo over to uh, young Bobby Drake and Hank McCoy is fantastic, yep. and you need to read that yourself. Um, but the X Men do catch up with Cyclops and Jean Grey, and we see what happens with Kitty and Rachel, and we also see Jean's plan to get them away, which leads right into the next chapter, which should be a lot of fun. Totally. All right. That is the week. Man, some good books. Really good stuff. Some uh, good stuff like right on the surface, like the Infinity tie-ins and Battle of the Atom and X-Men, but also some really good under-the-surface stuff like Astonishing, like uh, Deadpool. Yeah. Sorry it's pick. a tough one to pick this yeah. week. Yeah. I'm going to go with Deadpool Yep. Uh, for all the reasons we listed. Just a tremendous issue. Beautiful art. Um, and really Hossein and Duggan stretching themselves. So that's my pick. Yeah... I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. Wow! All right, you it, it hit me so it when I was reading it the other day, I was like, "Whoa! This is this is the book." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, well done to everyone who worked on Deadpool and all the books this week. Yes, totally. I mean, it was, that was tough. I would have. I think Mighty Avengers was right there for me too. Avengers, right there. Astonishing, normal yeah. Avengers. Uh, all right. Is that what we call it now. Everything was good. Normal We're very Avengers. happy. Very very excited. On to collections on sale this week. We've got Avengers Volume Two, Game On, Avengers Iron Man, First Sign. There it is. What is that one? That oh, is, is that the... that's the one I show you? Is the first uh, thing the, after the Avengers post... the Crossing? Yeah, it's, uh, interesting stuff. There's stuff in there. It's in between the Crossing and Onslaught. That brief, beautiful window. Yes. Essential Avengers, Volume 9, Indestructible Hulk, Volume 2, Gods and Monsters, Hardcover, Inhumans by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee, Hardcover. That's a great one to pick up if you've never read it. And it's pretty much the quintessential Inhuman story, and with them playing such a big role, it's yeah. nice, and it's standalone, too. Yes. Uh, Iron Man by Kurt Busiek and Sean Chen, Omnibus. S.H.I.E.L.D. by Jim Stranko, the complete collection trade paperback. Howdy. Yeah. Superior Spider-Man, Volume 1, hardcover. Ultimate Comics X-Men by Brian Wood, Volume 2. Uncanny X-Men, Omnibus, Volume 1, hardcover. That is giant size and then the initial Spider-Man issues. A new uh, collection of that one. Yes. That's great. 
I have one of the older printings yeah. of that. It's just it's, yeah, so, it's so great. It's that yeah. It's it's back to print. It's been uh, it's yeah. been out before. Wolverine and the X Men by Jason Aaron, Volume Six. All right, on the Marvel Comics app this week, new we have everything we just listed, as well as Wolverine, Japan's Most Wanted Infinite comic, issue number ten. So it's almost over. So if you have you should if you're not reading that, you should, I read the last four issues yesterday on a train, and I was like, whoa, man. There's yeah. some crazy stuff going on in there. Yeah, get ca- get caught up on that, and of course we have a new one that we'll be announcing very very soon. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we've already announced that Iron Man's coming next, but we'll announce what's coming after that soon. Dun, dun, dun. Start Iron Man. Soon. Yeah. Also on sale on the Marvel Comics app, Spider Man: The Clone Saga from 2009, issues number one through six. Spider Woman Origin from 2005, one through five, and the first 12 issues, maybe all 12 issues of Thanos's 2003 series. That was the Jim Starlin Keith Giffen series. That so, that's right before, right before in, Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, it's in between uh, Marvel: The End and yes. Annihilation. And then collections on sale this week: Ender's Game, War of Gifts, Indestructible Hulk Volume Two, Gods and Monsters, New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis Volume Four, New Mutants Classic Volume One, Thor: The Mighty Avenger Volume Two, great book, X Factor Volume Eight, Overtime, and of course, the Holy Grail. X-Men, Executioner's Song. Jim Nassita sent me this list and he, like, bolded that and said, <laughs> just in case you didn't notice, Executioner's Song is out this week. Nice. Uh, did they, uh, are there all the parts on Unlimited? Uh, I don't know. This is the app. So. Well, we got to get them yeah, to put it all on Unlimited or else there's going to be trouble. Obviously, it's on the app, so. Yeah. Everything's digitized. Let's move it over. Yep. I'll talk to Jim. Anyway, uh, on to Marvel Unlimited. Bunch of new comics. We've got Alpha number two. You guys got to read those issues. Alpha really, really good story. Yeah. Uh, Age of Ultron number two. Avengers Arena number six. Avengers Assemble 13. Avenging Spider-Man 18. Fantastic Four number five from the current volume. Fearless Defenders number two. Marvel Universe Earth's Mightiest Heroes number 12. Secret Avengers from the current volume number two. Thor number 254. Thor God of Thunder number six, which I think is the last part of the first uh, arc. Uh, number six is actually the standalone, the standalone God Butcher origin. Uh, the core. Yeah. Yeah, so that okay. was a really good issue. Yep. Uh, Thunderbolts number six. Ultimate Comics Wolverine, number one. Ultimate Comics X-Men, number 24. And Winter Soldier, number 16. Good stuff this week. Yeah. All right, on to uh, video games, movies, TV. We're going to kick it over to Strami. Hello there. This week in Marvel Lights, this is Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom, sometimes known as Stromy, coming at you from always sunny Los Angeles. Well, not always sunny, most always sunny. It is sunny right now. That counts. With the latest in Marvel movies, TV, and games, on sale, news, yada yada, you know the bit, beginning this week with a lot of stuff actually available and on air. We've got... An all-new episode of Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash, as well as an all-new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble, all beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time this Sunday inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. First up, the Hulks travel to the Savage Land to face Sauron and meet Devil Dinosaur in the process. This is an episode I am very excited for because it introduces Devil Dinosaur into the series and I love Devil Dinosaur. So, you get your first look at him in Hulk and the Agents of Smash this weekend. Check that out. And that is followed by an all-new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble in which we meet a Tuma, or rather, re-meet a Tuma. 
he's Atuma's there. They fight the Avengers, of course, and Atuma. And the Red Skull, of course, has some interesting propositions for Atuma in regards to his evil cabal, as is coming together. So you can check all that out this Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. In other TV news, Ultimate Wolverine vs. Hulk is also available on DVD this week from Marvel Knights Animation. If you don't know what Marvel Knights Animation is, that is our division that takes the comics themselves and animates them. So what you're seeing is a literal interpretation of Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk, the epic storyline by Damon Lindelof, of course, of Lost fame. He co-created Lost and was showrunners on the series with Carlton Cuse. And it is drawn by Laniel Francis Yu, who, of course, has gone on to draw many other things, including Secret Invasion, Runs on New Avengers, and he is currently drawing the Infinity Tie-In issues of Jonathan Hickman's Avengers series that's going on right now. So, you can check this out on DVD right now. is a great storyline, a great package, a great adaptation, really, of this very uh, kind of brutal battle between Ultimate Wolverine and Ultimate Hulk. Finally, for those of you that have a iPod Touch, an iPhone, or an iPad, we have the Jarvis app available this week. It is a free download. You can use Jarvis as an alarm clock. He'll get you up. He will let you know your first meeting of the day. You can use it as a remote for the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray. is the first ever wireless, uh, Blu-ray. No, I'm sorry. It's the voice, first ever voice-controlled Blu-ray controller. Vo- voice-controlled Blu-ray controller. Sure, we'll go with that. You can obviously use it as the Blu-ray controller then. You can also... While you're watching the Blu-ray, there are certain little fragments that pop up that sort of act like QR codes, and you can use those to unlock the full armory of 42 armors, all of Tony's 42 armors from the film. For the first time, you can see them all in one go, but you have to hunt them down. And once you do all that, there's also a little extra surprise in there that... I cannot share with you right now. You'll have to get Iron Man 3 on Blu-ray and download the Jarvis app in order to get it all. And, of course, Jarvis does many other things. Just download it now to check out for yourself. I have been toying around with it, and it is quite fun. So, with that, I'm going to send you back to the boys in New York, but I will be back with you again very shortly. All right. Thank you, Strami. Really appreciate all of that. Everything you do, Mark, we appreciate it. Everything you do is some sort of song. Maybe. Might be a song. Yeah. Who knows? All right. We got tons of news this week. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get off the music and into the, into the car. 
Get out of my dreams. Oh, I don't know. Man. Get into my car. We're so good. Sued for copyright infringement yeah, on that. We can't, Come at can't me, bro. <laughs> all right. The big news this week: we talked on Monday. We didn't talk. We announced all new Marvel Now. Marvel Now was so much fun last year. We're doing it again this year. We're gonna have so much stuff to talk about in the weeks and months to come. We have a lot of exciting new titles we're gonna bring you guys. Uh, if you enjoyed Marvel Now this last year, we know you all did based on the reception and based on the success. Uh, we get some really cool stuff planned out. Some different characters, some creators who maybe you haven't seen at Marvel in a little while. Uh, some cool surprises. For now, we announced all new Invaders, which is going to be written by the great James Robinson. Art by one of your favorites, Steve Pugh. Yeah. Um, we also talked about how some books, ongoing series, are going to be getting Point Now issues, which is a jumping on point. It's a uh, number one of a new story arc. I know there's been some confusion out there. Like, there's going to be an Avengers number 24 point now, but it's also has a big number one on it because it's part one of a new arc. We're not renumbering the book. We're just labeling number one so you know this is a good chance to jump on. Uh, and then it'll keep going on. It'll have 24 point now, and it'll go on to 25. But we've got Tom Brevoort talking about Avengers this week on Marvel.com. We've got James Robinson talking about all new Invaders. Also, Inhuman is going to be part of all new Marvel now, and a lot more coming up again in the weeks and months to come, especially as we head to New York Comic Con. Some books I know we're both really excited about yeah. to get out there. Also, kicking off this week, um, well, not this week, but we talked more about it this week, is Inhumanity. Uh, we'll have a lot more to say about Inhumanity very soon when events in Infinity pick up. But we spoke to some of the creators who are going to be having Inhumanity tie-ins, and that includes Jonathan Hickman for New Avengers. That includes Matt Kint, who's doing a book called uh, Inhumanity Awakening, which ties a little bit into The Hunt, which we just talked about today. Sam Humphreys on Avengers AI, Mark Wade on Indestructible Hulk, Brian Bendis on Uncanny X-Men, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. We've got a lot more Inhumanity stuff, but that's who we spoke to this week. Going back to last week, we had a great Q&A with Mike Costa, a uh, newer writer who is making his debut here at Marvel. He's done a little bit of stuff for us. He's done a lot of stuff elsewhere. Uh, did some great G.I. Joe comics and stuff like that. Yeah, that the, that first G.I. Joe was the, the uh, Cobra. the Cobra book. <sighs> Real um, good. So he's coming over to Marvel. He's doing an Arms of the Octopus crossover story with three specials between all new X-Men, Superior Spider-Man team-up, and an Indestructible Hulk. We had a lot of great preview art and some talk from him. Two separate articles talking to Kieran Gillen. Uh, somehow... Ryan Hopped was able to make sense of his gibberish language and... Hello, I'm Karen Gillen. No, that's way too clear. Uh, we got articles from him on both Iron Man and Young Avengers. Great reads. Cool stuff coming up in those books. And finally, congratulations to everyone who won at the 2013 Harvey Awards, which are given up over the weekend at Baltimore Comic Con. But in particular, to Marvel's own David Aha, who won for Best Cover Artist for Hawkeye. Dennis Hopeless, who won for uh, Most Promising New Talent for Avengers Arena. Right. And of course, the legendary Klaus Janssen, who got Best Inker for Captain America, which I thought was very cool. Damn straight. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yesterday, Blake, myself, and one of our video guys took a secret trip to Boston for something that uh, I can't talk about yet, but it was really cool, and I will have news and details about that in about two weeks. Uh, so look for that. It's fun stuff. I'm very excited. Uh, and we got some email this morning that we may have Mr. Tom Hiddleston on a podcast. We were hoping to have him for around our 100th episode, but it looks like we won't get him until a little bit later. But hey... Any Hiddles is good Hiddles, yep. if you ask me, and I'm excited to talk to him again. Yep. He's a very sweet guy. We should have lots of fun, and I'll probably 
um, source more questions from you guys, sure. the fans, on we'll that get one. Thousands more questions, just I, as yeah. we did last. Yeah, it was nuts, and I think that's fun though because yeah. I can ask them a million things that I would ask anybody, but I think. It's a it's a unique avenue to give uh, the fans access to Tom. So that's what I want to do. Cool. All right, we're going to kick it over to Mark now for more news. Welcome back once more. This week in Marvelites, Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom here with the latest in Marvel movie and TV news for this week. Starting things off, we had the announcement that Marvel's Ant-Man will be coming a few months earlier than expected. The release date for that film has moved up to July 31st, 2015, which is about a little more than three months sooner than it was originally scheduled for. So we have that to look forward to from director Edgar Wright in summer 2015, just about two and a half months, three months after Avengers Age of Ultron comes out on May 1st, 2015. Also in movie news, we've got some new Thor posters. Today, if you're listening to us on the day the podcast goes live, Thursday, we exclusively debuted a new Thor The Dark World poster featuring Anthony Hopkins as Odin. It's a very striking and regal shot of Odin and maybe one of my favorite, well... Actually, I think the Malekith one was my favorite so far, but this one is up there. And tomorrow we will have the poster of Loki breaking out of prison on Marvel.com. So you can keep your eyes out for that. Rounding things out, we have a ton of new Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. content, and we will continue to have a ton more in the coming two weeks or so leading up to the series premiere on September 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC, of course. This week, we brought you a new featurette featuring Joss Whedon, Clark Gregg, the cast and crew of the series talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the world they live in and Coulson's return and a ton more as well as two new TV spots for the series, one of which should be live as you are listening to this, and the second of which will be going live tomorrow, Friday. You can check all those out on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash marvel or at marvel.com. We also have an interview with series co-creator and director of the pilot, Joss Whedon, who some of you may know as, you know, the director of Marvel's The Avengers and writer-director of Avengers Age of Ultron and creator of Buffy and Angel and Firefly and everything good in life. And he talks a little bit about the upcoming series, and tomorrow... Friday, we will have an interview with Clark Gregg as well, as he talks about Colson's return, uh, his role in the series, his handpicked team, tons of stuff. So, look out for all of that, and like I say, we will be having a lot more of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the coming weeks. So, that pretty much covers everything I have. I'm going to send you back to New York, but... I will speak with you again in seven more days. Until then, I wish you a great week, a splendiferous weekend, and I thank you for listening. All right. Thank you, Stromy. Time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Once again, guys, use hashtag This Week in Marvel. If you have any questions or comments about Marvel, the podcast, 
life, just life. We do give a lot of life advice, and from what I understand, it's really helped a lot of people. Yes, we've we've changed lives. Changed lives. All right, let's kick it off with Algin Go, who I think changed his. Uh, no, he no. Algin tweets from three different accounts. Oh, fair enough. Yep. All right. So. Well, this one's from Algin Ross twenty seven. It's great that Marvel will be taking attractions on the road. Come to Nashville, Tennessee. And that is our new... Uh, I think he's talking about the Marvel yeah, experience. Marvel experience. Um, yeah, when we have more info about that, we'll definitely share. Not much to talk about yet. Also from Algin, love what Kieran Gillen and Carlo Pagulayan are doing with Iron Man. All they need is to have an Asian sidekick. You know what? We don't really want to take notes, so we're just going to leave that sneeze in the uh, in the podcast. This is real. This is what really happens. We sneeze sometimes. I tried to hold it back, guys. I'm it sorry. Was, it was heroic. Yeah. It was admirable. But yeah, Asian sidekick and Iron Man. That's apparently all we're missing. What is? I'm assuming Algin just wants to be in the book. Fair enough. You know, um, and uh, tweet Karen Gillan. See what you can do. <laughs> He's much clearer to understand in the written word than he is in yeah, spoken. Totally. Anthony Palmieri, uh, another kid parent mutant combo with the same powers as Magneto and Polaris, confirmed in Uncanny X Men 431. I can't believe we missed. We missed that, that really? I would have thought we would have nailed that one. Yeah, it's the most obvious one. Well, if we missed it, then five points to you, yeah. Anthony. Shame on us. Five twin uh, points. And noting that she is the half sister of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Yes. Of course. Yes. Uh, Carlo M tweets Rolfel. R-O-F-L, at the Infinity AR video with Thanos. I guess his appearance in the Avengers movie led to some product endorsements. I, we got some comedy going yeah, on. We got some comedy going on over, yeah. over in AR land. Yes. Uh, another one from Carlo. He says, also, I just discovered there are some hidden AR videos in panels without the AR symbol. Why no mention of this before? We actually, there are, there has been mentions. Uh, Tom Brevoort in particular has tweeted out a bunch of uh, hints and teases and Straight up, like, hey, go here and you know use your AR to see some secret AR. Uh, it's not something we do too often because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of difficult to pull off. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not a secret if you tell people, but it's hard to just take your AR and try and scan a whole comic. So, don't we don't have a lot of them, but every once in a while. Chris Hutchinson tweets, I just discovered NYX on the Marvel Unlimited app. It's 2 a.m. already, and I can't put it down. An awesome hidden gem. It's a great way to classify NYX. Not a lot of people know about NYX. That's where X-23 debuted. Yeah. Uh, Josh Middleton on art. Ugh. Joe Quesada wrote it. Yeah. That was brilliant. It's a good one. And the follow-up is actually really good, too. That's where Marjorie Liu first came into mm-hmm. uh, Marvel Universe. So check both of those out. Yeah. Chris says, Kitty Pride saying, to me, my X-Men is so mm-hmm. awesome. She really has come a long way since she was introduced. Battle of the Atom. Yep. This is hashtag. Yeah, it was, I love that moment. It was great. And then Chris says, I'd have never thought I would see Molly Hayes on a team with Deadpool. That's a great point. I guess I never thought that as well. (laughs) All right. And Christopher Short, who is, has he always been Twim fan? I noticed this this week. Yeah, I don't think so. His name is now Twim fan. He's like the ultimate uh, devotee of this show, I guess. Indeed. It's pretty impressive. Um, I answered my own question. His question last week is if Reed Richards ever gets scared. This is a picture of Reed scared from Onslaught Marvel Universe, and it's him talking to Sue, basically scared because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, where he gets scared just like everybody else. That's why he's got all that white hair from fear. Yeah. Um, and then asks, what is Henry McCoy doing up? What is Henry McCoy, PhD, doing upside down in a bathroom with a paper? Uh, why wouldn't he? Yeah, he, he can, can do, do that, that so why he wouldn't can. he do that? Yeah. And I think that, is that Joe Maddart? It <laughs> looks like Joe Maddart. Yeah. Cyclops. Washing his eyes or something? Yeah, sure. No, no, he's washing his, uh, his, his shades. Yeah. He's disinfecting them. Yes. 
ask a lot of questions. You always answer them. I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate you, Twin. We appreciate you taking our name for your uh, your username. That's pretty cool. Indeed. And he asks us, uh, is this still, yeah, still, still he, he, I thought he had more, actually. But anyway. Well, here we go. Did you even notice the three-minute car alarm in 96.5? Very professional. That was one of mine with Brevoort. Uh, are we out of order? Is that what's happening? Well, yeah, we... There's he actually there's a follow up to that one that I put in there that didn't. Do you remember it? Yeah, he says he wasn't being sarcastic. Oh. He said that was actually very. Oh, very professional. We, we got past it. it. Well, that's what it was. It's that when Tom and I are talking, we don't notice what's going on around us ever. We just continue talking because we love the sounds of our own voices. So, yeah. Yes, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you appreciate. Yeah, because at first I was like, "Oh man, that's kind of a jerk thing to say." Yeah, you know, like we can't, we're not, we're yeah. not perfect. We can't, we can't stop the cars from outside. We're in New York City. This is what we do. All right, as Ryan looks up that ball, and we keep going. And Chris's next question is, "When, what did we last see about Ghost Rider?" I believe Ghost Rider's last appearance was the Ghost Rider series, the last Ghost Rider series, where Johnny Blaze got his powers back at the end, and we have not seen Ghost Rider since. To the best of my knowledge, uh, may have popped up here or there, but there are discussions of Ghost Rider, and there are. This is this is actually a character we've addressed before. There are always discussions of Ghost Rider. If you haven't seen Ghost Rider, he's a character like Silver Surfer, like one of those just you know great visual iconic Marvel characters. That if you haven't seen them in a little bit, there are usually plans in the works. Yeah, and there are plans in the works for Ghost Rider. Yes. Uh, so actually, his uh, so I pulled it up on my iPad. Mm-hmm. He says he tweets back to himself. He says, "By professional, I wasn't being sarcastic. I was talking about how well you guys ignored it. By the way, well, thank, so thank you. you. I didn't even notice it, so it wasn't even a matter of ignoring it. Um, will Iron Man three also be available on Amazon Instant as well as iTunes digital download? It's on it's on Amazon Instant, but it's not a like free if you're a Prime member video. So there, you know, you have to know that distinction. But yes, it's uh, I think I retweeted Amazon saying it was available. And finally, from Christopher, is Silver Surfer in Infinity? In a way, uh, he actually had his own Infinite comic, which I believe you can still find on the app. You can still find through our digital store. Um, yeah, he's in his own special Infinite comic, which was. Very good. Yeah. So you should check that one out. The art by Augustine Padilla is incredible. And you thought that was the end of Chris's, Chris's stuff. Oh, I no. Did. There's plenty more. Oh, boy. Uh, so we've got, uh, he's asking me and a bunch of other people, or he's asking us, I guess, and a bunch of other people, do any of you listen to each other's podcasts? Oh, yeah. I saw that over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I, not anyone who we listed there. I do listen to other comics podcasts, but not uh, anyone there. Yeah. I'll give some of those a shot. Is there or will there be an audio version of The Watcher I can RSS as a podcast? No. Mm-hmm. Um, the Watcher really works best as it's designed as a video. Yeah. There's a lot of sight gags and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, congrats to Jansen, AHA, and Hopeless for their Harvey Awards. Nice. He says, I saw that you can have up to 12 comics offline at a time now. Very impressive. Does that include collections? Now, Chris, the Marvel Unlimited app, generally they're all single issues. There aren't, I don't know that there are any collections. Maybe there are some that are sort of special one-shots that collected a bunch of issues and then we digitize them that way. the Marvel Comics app. Right. So Marvel Unlimited, totally separate. For the Marvel Comics app, you can have tons of books available offline. There's no real limit like there is uh, for the Unlimited app. Best Marvel Detective? Jessica Drew comes to mind at first, but she can't be the best. Hashtag no Eye of Agamotto stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Best Marvel Detective? Uh, I think Jamie Madrox would like to think he is, but he's probably not. 
Um, Jessica Drew was great. She was a private Dakota senior. North. Dakota North. Um, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing yeah. were more bodyguards, but I feel like they did the investigative stuff to a degree. Um, I'd say, I think it's probably someone really smart. I, Jessica Drew, probably at the top of the list there. Yeah. She was near there. She was good at it. Totally. Uh, he, this last one says, Marvel publishing Kick-Ass 3? Smart. 1 and 2 were amazing. Does Marvel own movie rights to 3, or does Marvel own all Kick-Ass now? We don't own any of it. We don't own any of Kick-Ass. We yeah, that's all Mark it's like, and... It's through Icons. JRJR. So. Yeah, Icons are creator-owned imprint, so, you know, we're happy to publish that and glad it's associated, but anything you see through Icon, whether it's that or Scarlet or... Uh, casting over any of those books those are owned by the creators so if they make movies of them good for them yeah so we actually I think you printed before your, uh, your page updated? updated so we've got a bunch that we missed oh I'll go through those right, uh, one patriot says does Marvel digitize the $3 comics from Marvel Unlimited for example Thunderbolts and the answer is yes so you're thinking of the free digital code you get in the books that are priced $3.99 those are the ones that come with the free digital that doesn't affect at all what goes into Marvel Unlimited. We're, you know, I, I, 99% of what comes out will eventually hit Marvel Unlimited. Those do get digitized, and everything gets digitized because even if it doesn't have a free digital code, it's still available day and date on the app. So, yes, don't worry about that one. Um, do, 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 trying to compare. Do we get, we got, all right, I think, I think um, we're good. We're, right. no, wait. Okay. Christian uh, Christian Radoslavich says, After watching Hulk, I'm wondering, has Ego the Living Planet ever encountered Galactus? He has to have. Yeah. But I, they're probably like big dogs. They sniff each other and they sort of like I, go their separate ways. No, I bet Galactus is constantly looking for Ego the Living Planet. I, like, I want to eat you. Yeah. You look so tasty. I don't want you to eat me. <laughs> I'm, just a, yeah. I'm just a face. I'm just a living planet. Uh, we should I, do a radio drama of Galactus <laughs> Galactus and, versus Ego. Yep. Um, I, in the back of my mind, remember some story. I want to say it's a Thor story where Galactus tries to eat Ego. <laughs> and I think Thor has to save him because... Reasons. Why not? Yeah. Because comics. Another one from Christian. He says, shout out to my local comic book store, a Comics in Teaneck, New Jersey. Nice. Keep those coming. Yeah, I love uh, that. Keep those local comic sh- store shout outs coming. We appreciate those. Okay. Getting back to... This list? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you appraised. All right, let I've... me know if I miss anything. Yes. From Dom Simmons. Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Earth's Mightiest Hero. Why has she not had her own show yet? I mean, how many people have had their own show? Yeah, not a ton. She was on Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, she was uh, awesome on Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I bet she'll show up again somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, yeah. So, you know what? The thing about uh, animation is that you don't see a lot of solo shows. Like, even Spider-Man really is about... Spider-Man's the star, but it's kind of a team show. Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man? Oh, Just because that's, that's how animation tends to work. I think, you know, that audience likes to have different characters they can watch. So you don't see a lot of solo shows. Yeah, and, and it, it allows a lot of people to yeah. identify with different people on the show. Yeah, you look at, I mean, also Hulk. Hulk becomes Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Yeah. It's not just a Hulk show. We don't just have a Spider-Man show. Yeah. So uh, it's, that's, you know, little little glimpse into the world of Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood. Away, away from Stromy. Yeah. Uh, Eric Almaraz, is who I have next. Shout out to my favorite comic book shop, Zero to Hero Comics in Fullerton, California. Great name. Awesome. I like that. Hopefully, Vanilla Ice inspired. Uh, cool <laughs> as ice. Oh, yeah. 
I'm, I'm familiar with know. the reference, Benjamin. No, it's for them. Um, <laughs> just got home from a 14-hour workday. I'm about to do some reading. we got Infinity, got the first two chapters of uh, Battle of the Atom, and we've got Superior Spider-Man in this picture that Eric sent us. You are in for some good reading. Well, yeah. hopefully at this point you've already read it all. Good haul. All right, so I've got Gum... Gamma Mantium, great mm, Twitter name. Great Twitter. Gamma Mantium says, Hello guys at Marvel. I love your show and appreciate all the hard work that goes into it. Everything you guys do. Well, thank you. We thank appreciate you very much. We appreciate your appreciation. Uh, he says, Not trying to just throw my two cents into the ring by suggesting reading club stuff. Just like hearing your thoughts. And he goes on to say, Earth X, very well written with a great amount of Marvel history. Yeah. I agree. Earth, Earth X, X is, is great. Cool. Earth X is dense. Yeah. That's the one thing. And the thing is, like, you want to tell people, hey, EarthX also, the, the, that stuff continues. Yeah. But when you start to think about that, you're like, whoa, it's that's like 36 regular issues plus all the tie-in books. Yeah, like, and then, the, and like you said, they're all really dense yeah. issues. I was at, when we were still at Wizard, I remember it was actually, I was going home for, because at Wizard, we used to get like, remember we used to get like Christmas vacation, like basically just like shut down for a month. Oh, I remember. So... I was like, what am I going to do on my Christmas vacation? I literally gathered up all of EarthX, X, Paradise X, every tie-in. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to read over Christmas. And I came back a different person. Yeah. There's so much of it. There's so much going on. Yep. It even kind of ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> After like 50 installments, that like, they're like, and here's what would have happened next. So, but yeah, it's still a very cool story. Yes. He says, Avengers Disassembled, great lead into all current events. I agree. That's, that's, a, that's a good story. Yeah, that's an important one. We should probably should get to that. At some Definitely. Point. Uh, he says, with the time stream broken, do you think we can have one more time travel story? Thor, Hulk, Uncanny Avengers, X-Force. Uh, we can have it's multiple ones, but like... No, it's not a limit. Yeah, there are repercussions for these stories. There are things that yeah. they... There are consequences to all this. Which you're starting to see. Oh, yeah. You're seeing that in Hulk, and you're seeing it in Battle of the Atom as well. Mm -hmm. And you'll continue to see it. Yes. And his final one, he says, Avengers Arena went from being a, guess I'll try it, to first read book every time. Good job getting me so invested. I, a, lot, a lot of people went that way. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those books that, man, you just got to get into. Yeah. All right, over to Goodhild Skilled. Holy crap, I just got Electra. I am so happy. <laughs> Avengers Alliance this week in Marvel. Did you get Electra? I did. You did? Good I did. for you. I, and then I stopped playing PvP because once I got Electra, I was done with that one. I got murdered on PvP. This PvP was really frustrating for me. because For everyone. Yeah, I got that a lot because I was on to a great start. I was in Vibranium. I was good to go. I was doing my five a day. And then just it kept dropping me back down to gold. And I oh. kept clawing my way back to Diamond and then just kept dropping back to go. It was very, very frustrating. Yeah. But I did get Squirrel Girl last night. Nice. Pretty excited about that. I haven't and, really tried to get yeah. most of the... I, I got all the freaking acorns, so I'm happy <laughs> about that. you were upset about I was that. so annoyed. Once you get past that... The yeah, everything the, else sort of... Less, the rest isn't so bad. The only thing now is now I... Um, PP's over. I completed the spec op. I have everything from Chapter 2 and I have Squirrel Girl, so I don't know. But have you five starred everything in chapter in season one? No. Oh come on. So go back and five Step star things in season one. I actually play the game. Yeah. Okay. The other bullet. The thing is though, I'm sort of, I'm running really low on energy, so I'm almost like I kind of want to just just collect energy for the next few weeks and just wait. Save it for when, the next chapter yeah. is released. But it's a crossroads. It's quite a crossroads. Yeah. And I still and I still uh, I want to recruit Red Hulk at some point. I saw him happen. He's good. Yeah. He's cool. So I'd like to get him. So I got to earn some work that way yeah 
All right, another one from Gunhild. This is my 10,000th tweet, and I'm dedicated to the lovely people over at This Week in Marvel. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Very Thank nice. you very much. You've been an awesome member. I feel like she is the uh, the modern-day Miss Marvel girl. Yeah, whatever. That's, that's something we need to do for episode 100, is track down Miss Marvel girl. <laughs> whatever happened to Miss Marvel yeah, girl? <laughs> our, our original super fan. Yeah. I feel like Gunhild has stepped in and taken over nicely yeah we actually have more from good hill that didn't print out she says i don't know just read the first issue of battle of the atom and it was great agreed she says this is my first time purchasing in the app and it works really well so i'm definitely doing that again glad to hear it good hill she says i'm having a great marvel avengers alliance weekend got Electra and wolverine unlock squirrel girl finished the the uh ct and i'm close to aries ct being covert tasks Mm -hmm. ran a bit out of space in that tweet haven't done those yet. What do you get out of it? You get uh, a new weapon. It's called a mutagen emitter, mm. and it's got a really high PvP value. Oh. So it's actually worth finishing. Okay, that. good to know. Yeah. And, and she says, got Ares. Yes. yes. So very good. All right, over to Haywood WHW View. Got my hands on Electra, but was gypped on Squirrel Girl. WTF, 90 points. <laughs> I guess we should uh, reveal here that, yes, if you complete all the Squirrel Girl tasks, you still have to <laughs> recruit her. Uh, which we knew was going to yeah, th- unsettle a lot of people. I'll be honest. I think that was yeah. not the, the the slickest move by the, the That's team. That's why I hoarded my command points, because I knew I was going to... I have them. 85 command points, yeah. so I will use them on her. I was I had, I had like 150-something, and I was like, I could just get Red Hulk now. I was like, no, I know Squirrel Girl is going to be 90. I'm going to save these. Like, mm. I don't know how long she's going to be available. Right. So. And I just waited and immediately got Squirrel Girl. Yeah. I got to work my way back up. Last week, Twim has to be New Avengers 9. Beatdowns, beatdowns, and what dangerous <laughs> path they must take. That's Avengers a great description. Beatdowns, beatdowns. Yeah. It's a great issue, though. James Frankie says, I swear I've seen a mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 90s collection other than um, QFTS. Queens of the Stone? No, it's yeah, not that. Queens, no, whatever. Queens for the Stars. Uh, it was in a comic store, and I thought, I'll get it an- another a time. Quest for the Shield. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Good it could luck. have been printed a long time yeah. ago, or, you know, at a point where we just don't, we don't have that reference. So. Yeah, I think I've seen, like, one of those, like, you, you know, when they were flatter and yeah. wider. I think I've seen one of those yeah. Guardians ones. It might be that. It might Certainly be really possible. Old. He says, it was black and had the original members on it. Haven't seen it anywhere else, and it's making me feel like a crazy person. If anyone can help James not feel like a crazy person by con- uh, confirming the existence of another 90s Guardians of the Galaxy collection, we'd really like to help them out. Yes, agreed. John Dave McCusker says, old news, I know, but I just started reading the mighty Peter David's X-Factor the past few weeks. Just amazing. And I love this follow-up tweet. He follows up and says, and then I hear it's finishing? <laughs> Truly devastated. Say well, it ain't so. Good news is you've got like 200 issues to read, so... You're in good shape. Yeah. you got a nice road ahead of you. And and he ends it on his terms the way yep. he wants to. Exactly. Best way to be able to do it. Exactly. Julio Sarabia, to those who missed the 90s basement-style comic shops. I do a little bit. Mm. Check out North Shore Comics in Northbrook, Illinois. I remember those. You just go down to the bottom floor of a, like a mall or something and, or a storefront. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Kendrick. 
Snooze Machine 3. This is just the perfect way to explain Jean Grey. It is a picture of... Is that like a Mike Mayhew Jean Grey, or is it just something it, It's definitely Mike Mayhew Jean Grey. I don't know where it's from, though. It's, he did the X-Men Origins Jean Grey one-shot. Oh, right. So... Yeah, and then it just says Jean Grey. It's like an album cover. So yeah, Jean Grey, Born to Die. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think Born to Die was on the. No, original. no, no, no. This is definitely photoshopped from the. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, but no, I remember that one shot. It's cool because it was Mike Mayhew interiors. Yes. Kyle Charles says you got to feel sorry for Thanos after issue five, but then you remember he is such a crazy d bag. Oh, Thanos rising. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But what made him that way? Truly. Nature or nurture. More Kyle, he says, Why do I have a feeling that Magneto is faking that his powers aren't working? That sneaky triple agent. It's a good point. Yeah. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Magneto. Totes. He says, In Uncanny Avengers, I bet when Doc Ock hears evil twins say superior, he shouted out, Only I is superior, and shakes his fist. That is some superior grammar right there. Yeah. Um, Undead Dawkins <laughs> said some seriously messed up stuff to his dad. I kind of felt sorry for both of them. It's hard not to feel... Sorry for both Wolverine and Doc and any time they're interacting since their relationship is terrible. Yeah. We actually have more from Kyle. He says, Superior Spider-Man 17 really makes me want to go on Marvel Unlimited and read Spider-Man 2099. Agreed. It's a great book. He says, For some reason, I thought that Liz Allen was dead and Normie too. My bad. I'm such a noob. Mm, I yeah. don't know. No. Yeah. They haven't been around for a little while. I mean, they were in a brand new day they're in brand new day briefly possibly yeah no i remember it was a molten man story yeah he says <laughs> why is gene gray the root of all mischief writers Ooh, love gene gray and i don't know about mischief but she's, yeah, she's a lot done. of people a lot of characters and a lot of creators have, and fans have very strong feelings for her and usually that's where mischief arises from yeah there you go and final one from kyle he says those future the future x-men are pretty cool that zorn reveal was crazy yeah that was he thought it was going to be rachel gray swerve yep Totally. Okay, over to Kyle Martnick. Just saw the Is He teaser image. I'm guessing the return of Richard Ryder Nova. Oh, man. Wishful thinking. I wish. No, if you read, if you saw those images last week, the Is He, Is She, Is We, you know it was actually leading up to Inhumanity coming this December. Yes. Uh, Kyle makes a mention about Ant-Man, the movie. Um, hoping to see more movies that year. Me too. We'll see. Yeah. If any news comes out, we'll let you know. Mutant and Proud uh, quoted Lorraine, host of the Waster, Watster, host of the Watcher, who tweeted last week that she had nicknamed me Ben Cyclopedia for his comic book fact skills and founts of knowledge that I never responded to because I don't know I, I'm still mulling over how I feel about this nickname. Uh, then he said sweet, and then said listening to episode ninety five. Am I the youngest twimmer at fifteen years old? Possibly. Let's, let's hear it. I mean, people's kids listen to it with them, so... Yeah. But, but yeah, maybe the only youngest solo twimmer. Very well written, though, mm -hmm. for uh, 15 years old, very using well. commas and punctuation and grammar. Yes. It's good. I a like lot, that. A lot of you elder twimmers can learn from Mutant and Proud. Yeah, hello. Uh, so, uh, last one from Mutant and Proud, he says, So, Ben Cyclopedia, where can I find the origin of Adam Warlock? Parenthetical, just finished reading Infinity Gauntlet. Adam Warlock's origin is in the first appearance, which is an old Fantastic Four issue. It was right around 50 when Galactus debuted. He was originally called Him. Uh, it's a Stanley Jack Kirby classic. Uh, you can see he it's, it's, it's a cover that says What Lies in the Beehive, or What Awaits in the Beehive. Or something. It's a crazy cocoon over yeah. thing. It's a really good issue. 
Penelope Cat says, how do I get my Comixology discount with Marvel Unlimited Plus? Tried emailing the support, but haven't gotten an answer. And I actually replied to him uh, on Twitter, but I think it's good information for anyone listening. You have to, if you are a Marvel Unlimited Plus subscriber, you get a discount on digital comics, on all digital comics in the Marvel uh, app, which is great. That's a huge savings if you're buying digitally. Uh, so what you have to do, though, is buy them on the web store. That's comicstore.marvel.com. You just sign in. Your account will all, as long as you're using the same account for the Marvel app as you are for the Marvel Unlimited app, it'll work together. Then you, there's a, a code you should have gotten at the, you know, when you signed up. That's a discount code. You input that when you're checking out, and boom, you get them. Then you, when you open up your Marvel app on your device, You'll see the books in your uh, in your collection. You can just download them right onto your device. It is a different step, but it's just it's the it's really the only way we could get it to work based on all the technology that trying to make everything work together. But suffice to say, you will save tons of money <laughs> if you are buying all this stuff. Yeah. All right, uh, Robert Nolan says, "Woohoo! Tom Brevard is back on this week in Marvel uh, podcast for Infinity." Yay! You know, whenever I go in to do the podcast with Tom, he's always all grumpy. He's always like, oh, I'm so busy. Uh, I guess we'll try to squeeze this in. And then by the time we get rolling, we ask him your questions, and he starts talking. He will take up like 45 minutes every time. He gets really enthusiastic. So I, I'm, what I'm saying is he's excited to be back on it, even though you'll never, ever get into it that, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh, he, what else? Robert also says, Question, is Marvel Unlimited Plus available to all, but freebies can only be shipped to the U.S., or is it U.S. only? All right, so the, the simple answer is it's U.S. only. If you have the ability, I know some uh, of our international fans have someone in the States who can take uh, the packages. So they sign up, they are able to get a, a billing address and a shipping address in the U.S., use that to get the the big package the great collectible age of ultron set um you know it's if you really want it and you're in outside the u.s and you can do that please do i don't know that you know we can get an international version of plus i hope so but i don't want to make any promises yet and he says uh Another train to catch another plane. Just listen to the infinity podcast now on to episode 97 Ross Meyer, Marvel has been having all these big events that change everything. Why can't we have a few chill story arcs? I feel like we get this question every few weeks. Yeah. And as always, the answer, well, first of all, the answer we usually give is that generally people sitting around and nothing happening to them is not very interesting. Like watch any TV show, watch any movie, anything. You always want stuff changing. That's the nature of action and that's the nature of drama. Yeah. There is no drama if we don't know what's going on. And I feel like, you know, besides the fact that we uh, we want drama and we want action, we, every week, in at least like one or two books, we're like, oh, and this is an issue where they just kind of like sat around and it was a good character development issue. So it's not like we don't have those ever, but you know, the, the, the money is always going to be, and I'm not just saying money is in dollar dollar, I'm saying, you know, in terms of good stories is generally going to be in the change. Yes. Another one from Ross, uh, a couple we don't have on the sheet. Uh, he says, I see Icon Comics in the Marvel previews books and Icon trades with Marvel ones at Barnes & Noble. What's up with this? Um, Icon is distributed or published by us, but it's a totally separate imprint of all creator-owned stuff. Uh, select you know, creators have books that they do through that platform, and they you know it gives them a great 
yeah. place in the market. Yeah, and we don't cover it on the show because, well, we don't get the comps. Yeah, we don't read them, read so it. yeah, it's, it's but tough. it's all good. All the icon stuff is good stuff. We definitely support it, and you know, we write about it on the site occasionally. Yeah, Brian Putney says, "Finally got Electra on Avengers Alliance. I am so happy. Congratulations." Yes. Scott McElroy says, just read Battle of the Atom and all new X-Men. As I haven't yet cracked open my Grant Morrison new X-Men omnibus, could you give us, this week in Marvel listeners, an overview of who Zorn is? Okay, the quick version is <laughs> that. And this is, uh, if you're going to read this, uh, just skip ahead, because there's no way to talk about who Zorn is without spoiling a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Zorn is basically this mutant that they the X-Men discover. He's this Chinese... Uh, prisoner with a star in his head and they they liberate him from prison and they welcome him onto the team and he helps out with all this stuff he has like healing powers he's a very like zen positive character very cool character very cool design and then in a really cool reveal you find out oh wait it's magneto magneto was posing as this new mutant just he had faked his death and set it all up so he can. And he, they explain how they did it, and it's brilliant. It's one of the best reveals. So ever. Machiavellian, and oh, it's just crazy. Great. But then in another story, you find out it wasn't really Magneto. It was in fact Zorn posing as Magneto. And obviously, this is you know different writers and different editors interpreting different things different ways. Yada yada. We don't need to get into it. But the short version is that there was an actual Chinese mutant character named Zorn. He had a brother who is also named Zorn, uh, and he has popped up very occasionally. He's, I would say, what you need to know... Did one of them die? Yes. One of them died. I think the other one's still out there somewhere. He may have also died. And and it was also involved in a Bendis arc, uh, that collective arc on New Avengers. The point is, you don't need to know everything about Zorn. What you need to know is that Zorn, to the X-Men, represents... Betrayal. Betrayal. When someone's wearing that mask, it's someone pretending to be something that they're not. And they don't trust it. It basically was a very dark period uh, when someone got the wool over them. So you don't, I wouldn't get bogged down in who the character is so much as what the character represents. Yes. Uh, Scott says, had a convo with fellow This Week in Marvel listener, Raf Gemlin, who then, who, when you visiting New York City, takes photos of certain Marvel Universe landmarks. That's cool. Question, did Gwen Stacy get knocked off the Brooklyn Bridge or the George Washington Bridge? Art or text wins out? Mm. I think, I think it looks like the Brooklyn Bridge, but it says it's the George Washington yeah. or vice versa. I'll take, I've always thought George Washington, yeah, but I'll it makes more sense art. to to me that it's Brooklyn, yeah. just placement geographically. Like, why are they all the way by the George Washington Bridge that's way up the hell yeah. over there, whereas the Brooklyn Bridge is sort of by Brooklyn. I like to think in the Marvel Universe that the George Washington Bridge uh, is located where the Brooklyn Bridge is and looks like the Brooklyn Bridge. Terrific. Because it's comics. Yes. Squirrel Boy sent us this great picture. Said, "Have you seen the new designs for the Sinister Six? After we requested this, uh, photoshopped all of our faces onto Superior Foes of Spider-Man number three. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite things I've seen in a while. Uh, in my mind, when I envisioned it, number one, I thought you would be Boomerang and I would be Speed Demon. So that was a switch. Um, and I thought Stromy would be Overdrive, but instead he's." Uh, tied up Ben Franklin, which made it so, so much better. Yeah, it, it definitely really great. works on many levels. It's fantastic. We've got uh, from Stephen Barr, he says, Shout out to my local comic book store, Comics and More, in Plymouth Meeting. I don't know where, King of Prussia? 
Okay. Just read Fearless Defenders, number one, on Marvel Unlimited. Great story, characters, and art. Can't wait for more. Agreed. Glad Mm -hmm. we got number two this week. Steven says, Marvel Unlimited, awesome, but sometimes I still want an actual trade. Showing my age, I guess, he shows a picture of Maximum Maximum Carnage. No shame in that. No. Over to Steve Maliza. Maliza? Maliza? Comic Shop, shout out, Comic Spectrum, Boardman, Ohio. Nice. Very cool. Shout out. Steven Sanders, thanks to Nick Lowe and the two of us for the mention on This Week in Marvel. Much appreciated, gents. That's, of course, the great Steve Sanders who drew Infinity on Hunt this week. And very cool that he listens to the show. Yeah. The Tech Lord says, The traffic in the background of This Week in Marvel 97 really messes with you if you listen while driving. That's what we were going for. That was because we were here last week too. Oh, we've you can in, hear it in the background. Yes, we are no. We're have been out of our familiar green room the last two weeks. We've been in a conference room, which is actually next to the wall. So yeah, I think you uh, can hear a little bit of the traffic in the background, but it just adds to the ambiance. Yes, apologies. Let's you be part of the Marvel experience. Yes, he also says, "I just got Squirrel Girl and Avengers Alliance. What comics should I read to familiarize myself with her?" Uh, I mean, there's the old school Ditko one, but. I think really the, the modern renaissance of Squirrel Girl started in Great Lakes Avengers that Dan Slott wrote and the subsequent specials and miniseries that came yeah. out of that and then Bendis brought her into New Avengers uh, around the around 2010 when that second volume of New Avengers launched. Yeah. There's some great stuff in there. There's And she popped up in the 80s, 90s in like these Just we did these like fall places. specials or yeah. seasonal specials and there's the one where she fights Doctor Doom in Central Park yeah. it's terrific I don't remember what issue that is because I read it as a kid I read it like yeah, 50 yeah. times as a kid yeah I can't remember any of those like I think she fought Thanos at some point too sure but like not? yeah I remember the the Great Lake Avengers stuff and New Avengers yes uh, we got a couple from Thomas Ballard he says the X books are the best comics coming out these days any interest in starting a Niccolo fan club that is a negative no I mean, no interest on our part yeah you can go for yeah, it do, do whatever you ha- want good luck it's your funeral uh, another one from Thomas he says long time listener first time tweeter mm. love the podcast and all things Marvel you guys make my wa- my week a bit brighter thank you Thomas we appreciate it's our pleasure that. yeah Last one from him. He says, Battle of the Atom is so good, I just want to vomit all over it and just tear it to pieces. Well said, Thomas. Nice. He he is a long-time listener. Yeah. Ten twin points to you for that. Okay. Finally, from Travis Jones. Hey, guys. Where can I get an infinity hat? I'll take Tom Brevoort since it doesn't fit. Hashtag, I wear a seven and a half. You have an infinity hat, right? I do. Yeah, we all have infinity hats. Uh, uh, if If you want one, bug... Uh, new era. Let them know so, that okay. you want them. Yeah, you can tell them on I Twitter. Know if they're available Facebook. everywhere. If we just got we got special ones. ones, but they they said to us like, hey, if you hear that fans want them, yeah. tell them to tell us because they want to know that the that the demand is there. Yeah. And so yeah, so let them know. It is. But yeah, Brewboards doesn't fit. He's very of course not cross about it. Yes. All right. uh, anyway, that's great. Thank you, Ben, Strami, Blake, everybody, particularly to you, the fans, for listening. We appreciate it. You guys, remember we got Reading Club next week, so read Fantastic Four, Unthinkable, and use the hashtag TwimURC. Yeah, all that yeah, good stuff. All that. Uh, actually, actually, Uh-oh. I will not be here next week because oh, I will be on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Uh, so you will be doing this with Blake or. On your own? Yeah, probably by myself. Yep. Now, so I'll bring, I'll bring in a special guest. I'll find somebody who's up to the task yeah. of co-hosting, particularly on a reading club. So maybe I'll try to get maybe uh, Brevoort's available. He edited those books, but his schedule's pretty busy. I'll try to get somebody. Uh, I don't relish the idea of doing this. I remember doing this by myself 
years ago, and yeah. I don't want to do it again. It's a and thing. then, in two weeks, I won't be here yeah. for episode 100, but you will have, hopefully, a very special bonus as well. Yes. All right. All kinds of good stuff. Thank you, guys. We'll be back again next week. This is Marvel, your universe. You won't be here next week. <laughs>